It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Tuesday, August 18, 2020. I'm Erin Fulton with Raven News. Sitka officials have released information on three more positive coronavirus cases. In a press release, the Sitka Unified Command announced Monday that one Sitka resident and two non-residents have tested positive. The male resident is between the ages of 10 and 19 and had symptoms at the time of testing on August 8th. One of the non-resident cases is a woman in her 50s. The other is a man in his 40s. Both did not have symptoms at the time of testing on August 13th. All three are currently isolating and public health officials have initiated contact tracing. Sitka has reported 48 cases of COVID-19 since March, including 33 resident cases and 15 non-resident cases. All but two of those cases are considered recovered, according to city data. The state of Alaska is reporting 45 cases in Sitka, 29 of which are active. Sitka's public health nurse Denise Ewing told KCAW in an email that there's a lag between state and local reporting and that local numbers are the most up-to-date. Statewide, Alaska reported 50 new cases Monday. That brings the cumulative case count to over 5,100. Officials in Cake announced Monday that they will continue to encourage community-wide testing in the Southeast Village following the news that three more people have tested positive for COVID-19 in the community. As KCAW's Aaron McKinstry reports, the Kupernoff Island community of around 500 people reported its first case last week and has restricted non-essential travel. In a Facebook Live video on Monday, a nurse practitioner at Cake Search Clinic, Todd Galushka, said there are currently four active cases of the coronavirus in Cake. Most of the cases are either mild or asymptomatic, and all are toward the end of their 10-day isolation period. All the families have been notified, and they are quarantined. We do have several other people that tested positive after they left Cake, but they are no longer in Cake. The city is offering community-wide testing and urging residents to continue to go in for free COVID-19 screening on Saturdays. On Friday, the Alaska Department of Transportation announced that five passengers who boarded the state ferry Matanuska in Cake on August 10th were positive for COVID-19. Cake officials said they didn't know whether those cases were connected to any of the cases announced Monday. Cake's first reported case was a woman in her 60s that had symptoms. She was medevaced out of the community. Galushka urged residents to get their information from official sources, including the mayor's Facebook page, not rumors. We need to not spread the panic. We need to not shame families that have tested positive. What we need to do is give them support. We need to come together as a community and not point fingers. After the first reported case, Cake limited travel to and from the community to those traveling for critical personal needs or for critical infrastructure, like healthcare workers and law enforcement. All travelers must submit paperwork to Cake's mayor, Lloyd Davis. In the same Facebook Live video, Davis said he anticipated the travel restrictions will be in place until the end of the month. It just depends on how um, things are um, going here, you know, with the positives. We need to uh, curb these positives here in our community. And everybody should be um, pretty close to getting their um, first test results. I, I know how stressful it is waiting, you know, those two, three, four days um, because I, I'm right there as well, too. So keep testing, everyone. Cake officials are asking anyone who has tested positive to isolate for 10 days, but aren't asking them to retest. They're also asking residents who've tested negative to continue to test weekly. The clinic is hosting free asymptomatic testing from 9 to 1 every Saturday until the end of the year. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Erin McKinstry. 
A sexual harassment lawsuit brought by a former police officer against the city of Sitka has settled out of court for over half a million dollars. Mary Ferguson says she'll continue pushing for change at the Sitka Police Department. Her settlement includes a provision allowing her to conduct an independent investigation into police management practices. KCAW's Catherine Rose reports. In October 2018, Mary Ferguson filed suit against the city, alleging she'd been sexually harassed and discriminated against in the workplace. At the time, she was the only woman working as an officer for the Sitka Police Department. Her case settled out of court on August 14th, and Ferguson will walk away with $515,000. But her feelings around the settlement are complicated. You know, I kind of have mixed emotions about it. I want to be optimistic about you know, the city doing something about all these complaints that have been still occurring. At the same time, I get feeling a little bit hopeless because there have been so many people that have come forward and it it just doesn't feel like uh, anything is getting resolved. Ferguson's is the third suit brought by a former Sitka police employee that has been settled in recent months. Another detective, Ryan Silva, settled a whistleblower suit with the city last December for over $300,000. Earlier this year, Noah Shepard, a former jailer and officer trainee, settled his harassment suit for $30,000. The spate of settlements did not put an end to the complaints, however. In July, former dispatcher Allison Kirby published a lengthy letter on social media alleging racial bias in the department. Kirby told KCAW that although she had no plans to take legal action, racial bias remains an issue the current administration has not solved. Ferguson, on the other hand, had hoped to take her case all the way to trial. You know, the the lawsuit, you know, certainly raised a little bit of awareness, but it didn't do enough to make anything really actionable. The the thing that I'm missing out on by settling this case is I don't get to go before a jury and I don't get to have my evidence presented. Ferguson's attorney Jim Davis with the Northern Justice Project says her case was strong enough to go to trial. She, She had complained about sexual harassment and nothing was done. She had complained about Um, misconduct within the police department. And as a result of all of that, she was demoted from detective to night patrol um, for no other reason except she was, quote, hard to get along with, um, end quote. So it was a pretty strong case. Even so, Davis says the settlement is a good outcome for Ferguson. It's not clear where a jury would have landed. And in this era where people are more aware of, of, of the evils of gender discrimination and, and, and sexual harassment, a jury could have been super, super irate at the police department for, for, for doing this to Mary. On the other hand, um, you know, maybe a lot of sitcom juries were thinking, we don't want to penalize the police department because we have to finance the police department. And so do we really want to award Mary $10 million if we're going to have to pay more taxes? So since Ferguson won't see justice before a jury, she's putting her hopes on the second part of the settlement, which allows her to pay for an independent investigation into the police department, a circumstance which Davis says is very rare. I would say it's extraordinarily unusual. Uh, I haven't seen it, and I've, I've been practicing law for almost 30 years now. I haven't seen any case where one um, absolutely essential part of the settlement Retired Alaska Superior Court Judge Eric Smith has agreed to spearhead the investigation. 
Davis says the work could cost Ferguson between $10,000 and $30,000. And while the investigator won't be able to force anyone to speak with him or subpoena any depositions or documents, he will talk to whomever is willing and review any documents provided to him. KCAW spoke with city attorney Brian Hansen, who says the city admits no fault as a result of the settlement. And he says that the city did not, quote, sanction or approve an investigation in the settlement agreement. But it did acknowledge that Ferguson may conduct her own private investigation, a right he says is afforded to any citizen. All we've said that we would do is not interfere with that investigation. And that's what we would do or not do with anybody who started an investigation is that we will not interfere. And though Hansen says the city isn't obligated to give Smith access to records that he can't legally acquire through the Public Records Act, like personnel files, he says city staff are complying with the investigation. So we've already had contact with uh, Judge Smith and uh, told our employees that if they want to speak with um, Judge Smith, they're um, more than welcome to do so. In fact, I think Chief Beatty is encouraging employees uh, to, to, to do so. Ferguson says she will limit her interactions with the investigator, and she hopes to get participation from as many people as possible. This isn't just about me. This is about everybody. I am I am welcoming, you know, even the parties to my lawsuit. I hope that they participate in this investigation. She'll provide that investigation to the Sitka Assembly with the hopes that they'll use it to take action. Ferguson says just because the case is settled, that doesn't mean she's finished. Like, this is not over. Because... Because I'm not going to have a jury trial and the city gave me some money and agreed to not stand in my way, it doesn't mean things are over. If the investigation reveals that there needs to be further action, I will be right there supporting that further action. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Catherine Rose. Tuesday, August 18th is Alaska's statewide primary election. This is the day when voters narrow down the candidates for state and national elections this November. The biggest prize up for vote in Alaska this fall is the U.S. Senate seat currently held by Dan Sullivan, who is unchallenged by other Republicans in the primary. For Democrats, however, there are several candidates to select from to face Sullivan in November. They are Al Gross, Chris Cummings, and Edgar Blatchford. There's also an Independence Party candidate for U.S. Senator John Wayne Howe. In the U.S. House of Representatives, incumbent Don Young is defending his seat against a couple of challengers. The Democrats are also fielding three candidates for the seat. In the primary election, only registered Republicans can choose the Republican ballot. Any registered voter, however, can vote on the Democratic ballot, which also lists independents and third-party candidates. There are also two local races for the Alaska legislature. Both Senator Burt Stedman and Representative Jonathan Christ Tompkins will be defending their seats. Stedman has one challenger in the primary, Petersburg Republican Michael Sheldon. No one from the Democratic side filed to run against Christ Tompkins, but two Republicans are vying to run against him. Former Huna Mayor Kenny Scaffelstead and Cloak resident Arthur Martin. Polls are open 7 a.m. to 8 p.m. at Harrigan Centennial Hall. I'm Erin Fulton, and this has been Raven News. Mm-hmm.